Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Playbook Podcast. You're here listening to Brad. Brett's with me today. Isaiah was off being married and could not be bothered with talking fantasy football with you guys today. So, you'll have to deal with the, the two of us brothers today. So, uh, Brett, how you doing? A little cold in Utah today? Yeah, doing well. Very cold. Uh, snowed a little bit, so that was fun. First uh, San, San, San Diego is beautiful as always. You should be jealous. Uh, well, let's let's jump right into the uh, relevant news right now. We got a lot of free agent talk today on the uh, podcast. We're going to break down all the major fantasy relevant uh, free agent moves, guys who still have yet to sign, guys who stayed in place. Um, but we're going to start off with probably the biggest news to break over the last couple weeks, um, and that's the Martavis Bryant one-year suspension. Um, He got dinged for another uh, failed drug test, and it's looking like he's going to be suspended for all of the 2016 season. Brett, what do you think about this one? This one's a killer. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a killer. I really like Martavis Bryant. He's a young wide receiver who I think has lots of potential. We saw that catch last year in the playoffs between his legs falling backwards. Obviously very athletic. I think um, it's just it's a really it's a heartbreaker for the Steelers. But I mean, it's almost like the universe was trying to tell us something. The Steelers were getting just a little bit too good with their signing that we're going to talk about later and all their other offensive weapons. The universe just had to go and take one out for them. I guess this is true. I'm I'm interested how this is going to affect um, our newest Dancing with the Star contestant, Antonio Bryant. Um, is, is After he has his hips all loose, after dancing all offseason, is this going to put him to another level, or is this going to set him back a little bit because uh, he doesn't have that guy on the other side of the field stretching the field for him, giving him those underneath routes that he loves so much? Um, I love, I don't know why he's slipping my mind, but they're, uh, they're number Marcus three Wheaton. guy. Marcus Wheaton. I've always been a big Marcus Wheaton fan, so I think this is a big chance for him to show what he can do in the next season. And uh, it's very interesting, very sad, but yeah. with, with I think the it's, of- First of all, I think you meant Antonio Brown, but that's all right. We all know who you're talking about. Um, uh-huh. And I, I, it's interesting you, mu- you mentioned um, Marcus Wheaton because I'm actually partial to their fourth wide receiver on the depth chart right now, Sammy Coates. Uh, draft pick from a couple of years ago. They drafted him decently high. I think it was third round, if I remember correctly. Um, Sammy Coates, super athletic, plays that same role that Martavis Bryant can play, speed wide receiver that can stretch the field. Like you said, that's necessary for Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to get those underneath routes. They need someone who can stretch the field. I think Marcus Wheaton will probably get the first crack at it, but I, I am partial to, to Sammy Coates getting a, getting a shot and probably exceeding or succeeding. So what I'm hearing more than anything is, is if any team was uh, okay losing a wide receiver, it was probably the Steelers. Yeah, probably Pittsburgh. <laughs> they, uh, they'll be okay for another year. Uh, so now we're going to jump into the free agent signing. It's been a crazy week. It's been, about, uh, it's been about five or six days since free agency started. And imagine that the entire league has been flipped upside down as it is every March. So um, we're going to start off with something that actually wasn't a free agent signing, but uh, happened right around this time, and that's the trade of DeMarco Murray to the Tennessee Titans. He uh, he had a lackluster season in Philadelphia last year, and he's looking to uh, turn his career back in the path he he had it going in Denver. Uh, how do you how do you feel about this one, Brett? Well, I think it's telling. Um, 
I think it's telling what, what the uh, Philadelphia Eagles were willing to uh, give him up for. I think it was a swap of fourth-round picks with the Tennessee Titans. So uh, moved up just a couple of spots in the fourth round. I think that was telling that um, they're kind of on the tour of we hate everything Chip Kelly tried to do. Let's clear it out. Um, <laughs> and it has so, been incredible what they have done yeah. since they fired Chip Kelly. Yeah. It's like last offseason didn't even happen. Yeah, so I think it's, they've continued on that tour. I do really like DeMarco Murray in Tennessee, however. I think um, they, they want to run the ball there. Um, they, and I think um, that sometimes this is overstated, but I think the mobile, the mobile quarterback aspect there in Tennessee with Marcus Mariota could really open up some holes for DeMarco Murray to do what he loves, which is run straight ahead, not what they tried to get him to do last year, which is run these stone blocking schemes out of a shotgun, things like that. I think in Tennessee they'll let him do what he likes to do, what he did back in Dallas, and what he did so successfully. And also it's worth mentioning he has less wear on his tires coming out of this year than he did coming out of last year. Um, just Philadelphia didn't use him as much as Dallas did the year before, so he might be a little more rested coming into this next season. So I really like that sign or that trade for them, I guess, not signing. Totally agree. If any team in the league needed a running back, I don't think – any team needed one more than the Tennessee Titans did. They were a yeah. garbage fire be uh, in the running back department last season. So yeah, he David has a- Cobb fantasy owners all all shed a single tear, I think. But other than that, they didn't really affect. They didn't really have much else going there. Sadly, I did own him on a dynasty team, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Uh, it tells you how desperate I was. But um, more than another point I'd like to bring up in this is uh, the gaping hole that is left in Philadelphia with uh, DeMarco leaving. I think uh, Ryan Matthews steps right into that role. I happen to also own him in that fantasy, that dynasty league, so uh, I wasn't completely upset about that uh, departure. And uh, I think Ryan Matthews is set up for a, a big role in that offense. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've uh, liked Ryan Matthews for quite a while. I owned him on and off again in many leagues last year uh, when he was getting production over DeMarco Murray. Um, I think also uh, worth mentioning, Darren Sproles will be interesting uh, this next year. I don't know if he will be a great every week fantasy option, but if Ryan Matthews were to go down or something like that, he'd be super interesting. And um, I think that's just that's the type of offense they're going to run with Doug Peterson there. That's the type of offense they liked running in KC with Jamal Charles, the short passing game, which I think Ryan Matthews can do fine. But if he were to get hurt, Darren Sproles would be a perfect fill in there, I think. Agreed. Now let's move on. This this next one, it pains me to say. It hurts me deep inside to talk about this player leaving. But Matt Forte has left the Bears after nine seasons. He has joined uh, Brandon Marshall in New York. He is the newest member of the New York Jets. Uh, He signed a a nice little four-year deal. He's looking like he's going to step right in as the feature back, as we will talk about in a minute, uh, with some other running backs that have departed from that team. But he will be the feature back uh, along with Bilal Powell, who signed back with the Jets. I think they will uh, complement each other well, and uh, it hurts me, but I think uh, the Jets have really revamped that offense in the last two off-seasons, and they're going to be keep growing from that offense they did last year as long as they can get a quarterback back in the building. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think it was a great signing from the Jets' point of view, from a real football point of view. Um, 
I do think that that after that came, after that signing came through, I was I was really excited for Matt Forte. It felt like everyone else was going to leave and he was going to get to do it all by himself. And then Bailal Powell got signed by the Jets, got re-signed by the Jets, and I think that put a bit of a damper on his value. Not that he's going to be completely um, unvaluable next year, just put a bit of a damper on what I thought was going to be just his backfield. Um, I think now he'll be sharing carries. He is getting up there. He's he's over 30 now, so it's probably good that he shares a few carries with Bilo Powell, and then obviously Bilo Powell can come out of the backfield and catch the ball really well uh, along with Matt Forte. So I think they can both split carries and still be effective. Agreed. I think this might take a few care, uh, few receptions away from Forte because uh, Powell is such a good receiver out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. But uh, more than anything, I think it's a, a good signing for him and the Jets, and I think he will still be very fantasy-relevant next year, even at the age of 30. I don't see him completely falling off the cliff this year, but he is yeah. on the downward side of his career. And then um, also, just going, um, uh, other running backs that the Jets signed, I, I knew there was one more. I had to go look it up real quick. Uh, they, a signing that didn't that basically unnoticed uh, was they signed Kyrie Robinson as well. Um, Saints, Saints running back last year, broke his leg about midseason, but was pretty productive behind Mark Ingram up until then. Uh, we all know the Saints hated C.J. Spiller for some reason. So, um, for good reason. Um, and so Kyrie Robinson has been signed. He may not start the season healthy. Uh, the broken leg uh, still healing since he, he injured it so late in the last season. But uh, he could come on and get some carries as well late if either of those other two running backs were to get injured. That is an interesting signing. We'll see how that all shakes out as trading camp approaches. They still have Zach Stacy on the books as well, but that doesn't matter. Um, now to talk about the guy that left that gaping hole in New York. Uh, Chris Ivory leaves for greener pastures i'm not no, sure if we'll call no. jacksonville that but he, he signs in jacksonville a, a big deal surprised me the amount of money he got in jacksonville and it it ultimately it kills a lot of the value for both him and tj yelton and i'm i'm not a big fan of the signing whatsoever yeah i completely agree i think uh the, to be honest the signing was kind of botched i think that jacksonville had a lot of money and Chris Ivory wanted a lot of money, and so they gave it to him, but I don't necessarily think he's a system fit that well, and I think they already had a young running back that they should have been trying to groom a little more. Um, I think it's a really strange signing, and I think both of them, both they both get their value like sapped and become like number three or four running backs for me next year. Unless there's an injury there, I think it's going to be hard to uh, draft either of those guys as your starter next yeah. year and coming into free agency. Both those guys were looking like guys that could really step up next year. But we did see uh, Ivory tail off the end, uh, the backside of the season the last two years, so maybe this is what he needs is to split carries and to be a little more productive with the carries he's getting than being a bell, how, bell cow back like he was in New York. Uh, moving on to the last big running back to switch teams and this is a guy that I love this is probably my favorite signing of the offseason um this is Lamar Miller he was painfully under uh used in Miami he is now in Houston a team that we've seen with Arian Foster who is also cut from that team in case you're wondering why they'd sign Miller Foster's out Miller's in Miller's going to be the the bell cow there they don't have 
anyone of too much relevance. We saw the guys that were running for them last year, nothing, no one you're too scared of. I think Miller's going to step in there, 20 carries a game, and we're finally going to be able to see the potential he actually has. Oh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think he'll be competing for carries for sure uh, with Alfred Blue. Um, and I think, uh, I, I think if anything, one thing that, that Miami did for Lamar Miller was they definitely kept him fresh. So it's not like he has a lot of wear on his tires coming into this year. I think Houston is ready to use him. I think, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on their coach's name. Um, Bill. Polian? No. no. Bill. Wow, this is really sad. Uh. Bill O'Brien, there you go. Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien knows how to use a running back. I think he's going to utilize um, Lamar Miller to the best of his abilities. They're going to use him in the passing game. They have a new quarterback who we'll talk about a little bit later who I think is going to be able to get him the ball quick. And um, I think he, he's a perfect fit for this system. So, yeah, I, I, I really like this signing as well. Agreed. I'm, I've been looking around at some, uh, some way too early uh, – Dra- uh, rankings for next season, and I see him going uh, high in the second round right now, which would not surprise me in that region, if not perhaps a little higher at the tail end of the first round. Yeah, I could um, definitely see that. It is worth uh, mentioning that um, it, it, there, there's a bit of a trend of running backs who switch teams not doing so great on their first year with their new team, i.e. DeMarco Murray. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem here with Lamar Miller. I think he'll be able to get adapted quickly. I think he's smart. He has good football IQ. I don't think that will be a problem, but it is worth mentioning that has been a bit of a trend in recent seasons. Running backs who switch teams are unable to adapt quickly in that first season. We will see how he's meshing with that team come training camp. Now we're going to jump over to the other skill position, wide receivers. Uh, We've had three pretty big signings in that front. Uh, Probably the biggest one of the three, in my eyes at least, is Travis Benjamin going to San Diego. Uh, Has Phillip Rivers, the first real quarterback of his career, throwing to him. Um, Malcolm Floyd is gone from San Diego, so they were in need of a deep threat to stretch the field. Uh, Do we think he can reproduce what he did last year in Cleveland in San Diego? I, I don't think so. I see him more as uh, the person he replaced, actually, uh, a Malcolm Floyd type. I do think he's going to continue to stretch the field, but I just don't see him him with the ability to um, to like r- run the same offense he was running there. He was it's what seemed to me like the first or maybe second target in in Cleveland and in this situation he's going to be the third or fourth target behind Keenan Allen and and Antonio Gates definitely at least so I don't see him repeating what he was able to do in Cleveland I think this will probably take a hit for his fantasy value but NFL team wise I think it was a smart move from San Diego give someone to stretch the field for Keenan Allen to get underneath kind of like what we talked about earlier with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I completely agree. Can you blame anyone for moving from Cleveland to San Diego? I can't. Um, (laughs) That's a fair point. As an overall team, he's going to improve, but uh, he's not going to get nearly as many targets next year, so hopefully he can get a few more of those big, long uh, touchdown passes he was picking up last year to to cement his value. Um, Probably the next big guy, especially considering the – gigantic loss the Detroit Lions suffered last week with the retirement of Calvin Johnson. We'll pour a little out for for the Lions fans out there. 
that that was a big hit to me. Dynasty League, I took him in the second round next last year. I was ready to have Calvin for the end of his career, and I got one whole season of production. You and did have him until the end of his career. I did, <laughs> and that was one full season. But the uh, we have Golden Tate. Uh, we're uh, supposing he's going to step into that number one role. We've seen him do that before. But as a number two receiver, uh, Marvin Jones is coming over from the Cincinnati Bengals to fill in as that number two receiver. He was a, a good number two for um, the Bengals, and I think he will be uh, very passable for Detroit, even though I'm a little concerned about the quarterback situation for the Lions next year. What do you think, Brett? Yeah, I'm. I'm not so sure if I'm concerned about the quarterback situation. I mean, he's he's not my favorite quarterback, but I I think that he's passable. He throws the ball a lot. Gets to the gets to his wide receivers. I think people are overvaluing Marvin Jones just a little bit. I think there are some people who are looking at him as like a number one wide receiver who's going to like take the place of Golden Tate just because the amount of money he was given. And the fact that Calvin just retired, but I really do think, like you said, Golden Tate's going to step into that Calvin Johnson role, or as close as he can get, no one can be Calvin Johnson, but he's going to step into that number one wide receiver role, and and Marvin Jones is going to slot in more as a number two. He's really, really fast. He can stretch the field, which will be nice, um, and I mean, his hands are amazing as well. They've kind of got two two of the best hands in the NFL, in my opinion, on that team now with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, so if Matthew Stafford can get them the ball accurately i think they could have a really strong passing attack next year yeah that sounds good we'll see i uh i've always liked stafford but he uh, he's been disappointing over the last couple years and hopefully with the loss of calvin he won't completely plummet as we've seen a few times in the past when calvin's gone out with injuries him really have a hard time getting anyone the ball that's not named calvin but we will see how that goes next year uh if nothing else it's an interesting signing to keep an eye on uh the last big wide receiver signing is not nearly as big as the other two but it could be interesting we saw him have a good year uh two years ago in cleveland as well uh or no in cincinnati as well this is Mohamed Sanu. He's now going to fill in for now-departed uh, Roddy White in Atlanta as the number two to Julio Jones. Uh, he's a big physical receiver. can get up there and get the ball a lot like uh, the guy that's going to be playing across the field from him. And if nothing else, it's a, it's a smart signing for Atlanta who's needed some wide receiver help for a couple years now. Yeah, I, I don't think I necessarily like Mohamed Sanu's game. I think he's a passable wide receiver. I think he's probably better suited for a number three role in an offense, but in this role, in this offense, he'll be taking the number two role, I assume, unless they draft someone. Um, but I, th- I assume he'll be taking the number two role in this offense. What I do like is I think it, uh, I think it gives um, Julio Jones more options to get open. Like you said, he is so physical and strong and tall that I think he's also going to be a threat in the red zone, so they're going to have to not just everyone pile around Julio, kind of like it was last year when they got down to the red zone. He was basically their only option, him and Devontae Freeman. Uh, Roddy White and Leonard Hankerson were just basically both incapable. But we did see Leonard Hankerson have a couple good weeks last year. Had he been able to catch a ball, he maybe could have had a couple more good weeks. But um, I think I think Mohamed Sanu could be a passable uh, number three or four wide receiver next year. Another thing to mention is we, we've just talked about two Cincy wide receivers leaving their home in Cincy. 
Um, it leaves kind of a big gap. We have A.J. Green and then basically nothing else. The next person on that depth chart is uh, Brandon Tate, I believe, who uh, has played, I believe, a total of 10 NFL snaps. So um, he, they definitely have some work to do, whether it be in the draft or whether it just be grooming Brandon Tate or one of the other wide receivers on their depth chart um, to, to really form into a number two wide receiver. If not, A.J. Green could see coverages really come his way more than they already do. So... That's interesting to mention as well. I thought at least one of these would, wide receivers would come back to Cincy, but they let them both go. So That is interesting. I could definitely see that be a place where uh, they look to in the draft, or we'll talk later about a couple guys that are available in the wide receiver market that he might be able to, that they might be able to grab. Um, now we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a disagreement because the next two guys on our list we do not disagree on. So we'll let you guys be the judge. We'll we'll lay out our case and and you guys can can be the judge and executioner. Uh, we'll talk a couple a couple big tight end signings if you can call a tight end signing big. I don't. But one of these guys I've liked him for a few years. Latarius Ladarius Green. He's going to Pittsburgh. Um, Longtime Pittsburgh tight end that is escaping my mind. Uh, Miller? Heath Miller. Heath Miller. There you go. Thank you, Brett. Uh, he is retired, leaving a nice hole that Ladarius Green, Ladarius Green, I wish I could say his name, uh, Ladarius Green can step into. We've talked about how good that offense is. I see a lot of upside there for him to be a target in the red zone, just be able to get some uh, some easy catches with everything else in that offense the defenses are going to have to be worried about brett your turn you give me uh, your, your spiel yeah so i just think ladarius green for too many years now has been touted as this number one prospect he's coming up antonio gates is going to retire we're going to have ladarius green and then we got to finally see it last year because i mean we really had never seen it before that to be fair uh, Antonio Gates had, had been had been holding down the fort in the tight end position in San Diego, and he had just been kind of sitting behind him. But finally, last year we got to see it. Antonio Gates was out for a couple games with injury and suspension, um, and we got to see Ladarius Green, and he just didn't impress me. He was a fantastic blocker. Didn't seem like he had any route running skills. He's big. He's strong. He's that athletic freak that everyone's talked about. But I don't see him with football IQ or any real like receiving skill so I just I I think we've waited long enough and it's time to move on past Ladarius Green we will see I I I see a lot of upside there I could see him me taking him late in drafts uh, and also it's worth come the fall it's worth mentioning Heath Miller only the 16th wide receiver last year or 16th tight end last year in that same position they like to use their tight end as blocking get more blocking for Ben to throw deep, blocking for um, Le'Veon Bell to run run routes around the outside. So that's worth mentioning as well. We will see. I, I see some upside there. You know how I love the word upside. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we, we will see. We'll see who's right about this. Maybe we'll have to get a little bet going between these two guys who's going to have a better year next year. Uh, who, is, who is this guy you love so much, Brad? Tell us about uh, him. The tight end, the tight end signing that I really love is is Kobe Fleener. Now we Kobe also call Fleener, him Buddy Butterfingers. That's a, okay. That's a Kobe Fleener, as I was about to say, has had his problems with drops. Namely, problems he, is an understatement. Namely, <laughs> last year he dropped a wide open touchdown pass in the back of the end zone. Literally, no one around him for five five yards. But despite that, 
I'm I'm going to be targeting Colby Fleener next year based solely on the fact that he is going to he's going to go play with Drew Brees in New Orleans. And in New Orleans has been a great place for tight ends over the past four or five years consistently, whether it were Jimmy Graham, who we all know was amazing in New Orleans, and the next or last year, an old Ben Watson who was using his walker to get around the field was still able to put up seventh position rank numbers almost 12 points a game in that same system i think kobe fleener is more athletic stronger bigger than ben watson he he's going to have to work on his hands obviously but i think he can really succeed in this new orleans offense what do you think brad um, I think the Ravens fans are very offended by you talking bad about their new tight end, Ben Watson, first off. And uh, when it comes to Colby Fleener, I, he, those drops are just a killer. There's a reason the Colts let him walk and kept Dwayne Allen. Um, Colby Fleener just he can't catch anything. He's a big body. He looks pretty coming out of Stanford. Everyone loved him as a high draft pick, and he has been an, an utter disappointment. Uh, I don't think that New Orleans offense is anything like it was a few years ago when Jimmy Graham was catching all those touchdowns. I don't think you can compare that uh, that system to the system they have now. Completely different wide receiver core. Drew Brees is on the downside of his career. Um you have fun drafting him. Um, I'll I'll let you waste the pick and regret it later. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, then we did miss one wide receiver that I uh, I just realized, and that's uh, not a big one. But Rashard Matthews going to Tennessee. I think uh, I think it's an interesting guy, procession receiver from Miami. The last couple years, I think he's going to step into a a pretty sizable role there um, with their lack of a true wide receiver on that offense yet having a an above average quarterback um on the rise i think uh, just someone to keep an eye on going into drafts next year i feel Nothing like else. It, i feel like him and kendall wright are going to be competing too much for the the receptions there i've been a kendall wright believer for many years now kendall wright's still young he's experienced in that offense marcus Mariota trusts him that was shown before he got hurt last year um, so I, I just think that they're too similar, and I think they're going to end up competing and probably sapping value away from each other. Just something to keep an eye on. Uh, then we'll we'll end it here with the uh, the quarterback moves. Uh, no, if you're if you're looking for big name hard quarterback moves, this is uh, you can turn the podcast off now and just uh, go about your merry way because uh, we're not going to be talking about any. Uh, probably the biggest one is uh, Brock Osweiler going from Denver, getting signed by the Houston Texans to way too much money, um, but Houston obviously believes in him and he is going to be the new quarterback throwing to uh, Lamar Miller and all the wide receivers over there. Uh, what what do you think about the the six foot seven freak of a quarterback that is Brock Eisweiler? He he is a he's a big man, isn't he? He's um, very large. I I don't hate the signing for Houston. I agree with you. Way too much money. Um, I think Houston really wanted a QB, and I think they might also still look in the draft for a QB. But I think they really wanted a QB. They saw this opportunity to lock him up. They had money to spare, and so they just went for it. Um, some interesting comparisons that I've heard drawn between Brock Osweiler is actually Matt Flynn from a couple years ago. He had been sitting behind he had been sitting behind uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Matt Flynn came out, 
had a couple of good games, got big money to go to Seattle that next year, and then obviously Russell Wilson happened that year, and Matt Flynn uh, went by the wayside, obviously. Um, but I, I've heard a lot of comparisons drawn between them, obviously not stylistically, but just kind of situationally. They both were backup quarterbacks behind good, good quarterbacks and got a couple of decent performances in and then got big money. So it is something to look out for. He could, he could get a little complacent after he gets this big check. Uh, anytime you can be uh, compared to Matt Flynn, you should you should be happy. That that's what every NFL quarterback wants to be compared to. No, to be honest, I actually was a big fan of Matt Flynn uh, when he got signed by Seattle that year, and and then that didn't work out for me because Russell Wilson is a freak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Osweiler. I think uh, in in this day and age, in 2016, in the NFL, you need a quarterback. They're not easy to come by. We saw how much Houston struggled at the quarterback position last year, so the fact that they grabbed someone is of note. And um, yeah, he, he, he'll, think, he'll be good. He'll be good enough to get everyone the ball that needs the ball. But I don't. Yeah, I, I do special. think it's. I do think it's a bump up for uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which I didn't talk about. I I, I forgot you to mention that you didn't talk about DeAndre know, Hopkins, Brad. Sheesh. One of my favorite players in the NFL right now. I thought you were contract, uh, contractually obligated to talk about him every 37 seconds. It, it, that, that is true. That is true. I must just mention his name in some way, shape, or form every 37 seconds. I do think this is going to be a big bump up for him. Uh, Brian Hoyer, I think a, a much worse quarterback than Brock Osweiler, despite the small sample size we have for Brock Osweiler. And it is worth mentioning, Brian Hoyer did have a couple of good weeks last year when you have that good of a receiver uh, to throw to. Anyone can have a couple of good weeks, so he should definitely. Brock also should definitely be someone to look out for. Maybe daily fantasy, or uh, if you're if you're streaming two quarterbacks, quarterbacks leagues, yeah, two, two quarterback leagues maybe as a second quarterback, I can see him mm-hmm. being useful there. Uh, yeah. The other two quarterbacks that are signed, these are much lesser guys that probably won't start, but uh, but have a chance to something to keep an eye on on the quarterback competition in in training camp. Uh, Chase Daniels goes to Philadelphia from. Kansas City and Mark Sanchez gets traded from Philadelphia to Denver. Uh, Denver doesn't have a quarterback at the moment, so Sanchez is the only quarterback on their roster, but they are anxiously trying to pick someone up, so I have a feeling he is going to be just depths, and Chase Daniels is going to be fighting with Sam Bradford for the starting job there. Um, but both I mean, competitions yeah. to keep an eye on. Yeah, Chase Daniels, not a bad person to be fighting against. Sam Bradford has proven that he's just a mediocre quarterback in the NFL. And it's uh, interesting to note that Doug Peterson, uh, former Kansas City offensive coordinator, now with the now head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, brought him over, sought out Chase Daniels, and brought him over to Philadelphia to be in this competition. So I think uh, it's, it's definitely going to be quite the competition in Philadelphia and training camp between him and Sam Bradford. I completely agree. Um, just to, some things to keep an eye on more than anything, but I digress. Um, moving into, let's move on to some guys that uh, stayed with the teams that they were on last year. We've already talked about a couple of these guys. Blau Powell's back with the Jets. Um couple big ones that their value didn't really change at all. Just notable that they didn't move. Alshon Jeffrey is back with the Bears. Thank goodness. And Doug Martin is back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they're still the studs on their team. No value change there. There'll be high draft picks. Both of them um, just want to 
keep everyone aware of where they are. Uh, these these other two guys, uh, maybe a little more interesting that they stayed. Kirk Cousins, quarterback in the NFL. We know how important that is. He had a great year. Took his team to the playoffs last year, and he is back in Washington. And Brett didn't like this last one that I, I added on here, and maybe it's my Bears biased or, or something. But uh, Zach Miller... Uh, the Bears' uh, tight end last year, I saw him actually live in San Diego catch one of the most ridiculous touchdown catches I've ever seen from Jay Cutler. Um, he signed a, a two-year deal with the Bears. I think he could be very interesting if and when the Bears trade Martellus Bennett, who they've been shopping for a couple weeks now. Um, I think Zach Miller has a chance of being a late-round tight end. That would be interesting. My draft philosophy is always taking a tight end late. So I'm always looking at those kind of guys uh, to snag late that could have some big upside. Yep, that's, I, I agree with you on all counts. Look at Nothing that. More oh, at one more, he moved to the next page. Dwayne Allen resigns with the Colts. Now that Fleener's gone, I actually think that that's, a, uh, that's actually a big deal with, yeah. with Andrew Luck there. He is the, the one and only tight end. We've seen him be very productive in the past when Fleener was hurt. Now that Fleener is completely out of the picture, I could see Dwayne Allen actually being a yeah. a top 10 tight end. In Huge this. red zone target there. He's got a big yeah. body, and unlike Fleener, he has extremely sure hands. So uh, he's, a, he's a very reliable red zone target for Andrew Luck, and he's looked to him in the past. So, yeah, I, I do like that he stayed and Kobe Fleener left. I could see that being a very... He could move up draft boards quite quickly once uh, everyone starts shaking out those rankings. Um, now, we're going to talk about a few guys that still have yet to sign or their uh, team is up in the air at the moment. Uh, there's a few big names and a few na- smaller names just to keep an eye on. Um, one of the most interesting ones to me and to Brett is uh, Mr. C.J. Anderson. Uh, he's been Denver running back for a few years, but Miami decided last week to throw a big offer sheet on him. He's a restricted free agent. Denver has five days, which end tomorrow, to sign him or or to match the offer or to let Miami sign him. Um, I would love him in Miami personally, but Brett disagrees. Yes, I, I think Jay Ajayi is uh, a talent that's just waiting to be unleashed on the NFL. Last year we got a little taste when the Dolphins refused to play Lamar Miller, um, and we got just a little taste, and he looked great. Sweet cuts, big body, moving fast. I think he would be, he'd be a great three-down back in the NFL for Miami, and I think a little bit of bias is coming out from Adam Gase here trying to go get C.J. Anderson from his old team, Denver, um, I do hope Denver resigns there. I think they would both be viable options if they were on different teams. If CJ stayed in Denver and and uh, and Jay Ajayi was in Miami, I think they'd both be viable options as as wide or running back twos. So yes, I do hope he he stays away from Miami. I have zero none not a faith in Jay Ajayi. Brett is has some weird crazy man love for him, and I don't understand it whatsoever. I love CJ Anderson there. I think maybe they. Adam Gase, who would who was his offensive coordinator in Denver, would use him to his fullest extent in Miami, and it would be a match made in heaven. Uh, connected to the C.J. Anderson signing is a Rodney Hillman. He's still a free agent, former Denver running back. I have a feeling if Anderson goes to Miami, Denver would scoop Hillman up as soon as possible. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I just there's so few running backs left on the board. Um, another person we don't have mentioned here that uh, Denver could definitely try to go get. There's a little connection between their current coach um, and this player, Arian Foster, uh, still still a free agent. We mentioned earlier he left the Houston Texans, and Gary Kubiak used to be his coach when he played for the Houston Texans, and they had some successful years together. So Denver could look to sign him as well. I don't think they'll just leave Ronnie Hillman by himself in that backfield if they do lose C.J. Anderson. So look for another signing of some sort there or a a draft pick. Uh, Denver does still have Juwan Thompson on their team. Uh, There was some buzz around him the last couple years. So if Anderson was to leave, there's possibly a chance for him to stepping up into a bigger role. But we will see. Uh, one other running back of note that's still available. This guy had a big start to the season in Dallas last year before getting hurt. Lance Dunbar. He knows how to catch a football, if nothing else. That's actually all he knows how to do. He doesn't know how to do anything else. Um, but he is a great third down back that yeah. would be uh, a good pickup w- in a PPR league if he signed with the right team. Yeah, he would have to land in the perfect situation. But it, he did last year. Dallas could also go out and try to re-sign him again. They, we all know they have a lack of running backs currently, so um, they could definitely try to go out and get get him back as well, and I think that would be a great situation for him, but there are very few places in the NFL I think he would be fantasy relevant. Completely agree. Uh, the big story of free agency so far over the last week has definitely been the run or the quarterback conundrum between the San Francisco Giants, Denver Broncos, and... Cleveland and the Jets. The San Francisco little... 49ers. Brad has already moved into baseball. Oh, it is baseball season. <laughs> yeah. uh, my true colors are coming out. Uh, yes, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Denver, Cleveland, and the Jets. Those four teams are in a running or a quarterback conundrum at the moment, and there's a few possible options that are bouncing around between the four teams uh the first one Colin Kaepernick he is still under contract in San Francisco but they have been actively shopping him to Denver and Cleveland and it looks like he might be traded to one of those teams any day now apparently came out and actively said he wanted to go to Cleveland which is the first time I think I've heard any player say that um, I, I worry about his mental uh, stability if he's saying, I want to go to Cleveland. Uh, yeah. He must have uh, maybe a few too many concussions. He might want to get checked yeah. out after I, a statement I, like that. No matter where he goes, I don't see much value for him or really him increasing the value of any, of any, of any pieces where he goes. Possibly the running backs, just because he is a mobile quarterback, I really don't see him increasing value of, of uh, the wide receivers at all. Um, I think, if anything, he might be able to de- decrease them in a place like Denver. So, Completely agree. Uh, the other guy, this guy took his team to the playoffs last year. or no, Very close the to the playoffs. Very just, close to the playoffs. Yeah. Just missed it. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has yet to sign. Denver and New York are both looking at him, but supposedly he wants too much money. He's being greedy, greedy. Uh, so he has yet to sign, but he will land with one of those two teams, which will fill a hole there. Um, but in the end, there's going to be a team out of these four that is is not is not happy. And uh, who might they sign if they uh, don't end up with one of those two guys, Brett? Uh, Robert Griffin III is, is still on the market. Uh, he's been cut by the Redskins. He did not play at all last year, so you might have forgotten that he was even in the NFL, but... Um, I try to. I try to. He is still indeed in the NFL. 
he was good in the past. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, Heisman Trophy winner. I, he he has been a good player in the past. He could continue to be. It seems like a real struggle with the knee issues he's had. Um, I don't see him going anywhere and starting, but it's possible he could fill in for injury or possibly one of these these teams that's really quarterback needy might put him as a starter. So um, that that's that's very true. I, I worry about that. I have a feeling wherever he signs, he will get injured walking into the training facility and be out for the season. But that is yet to be seen. Uh, one other just notable uh, quarterback that's been in the news, uh, Johnny Manziel, was cut by Cleveland. I don't expect him to sign with anyone, at least this year. Um, more than anything, it's a sad situation that uh, is an unfortunate uh, side effect of NFL and fame. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, would you like to move some wide receivers? We do have a couple wide receivers that are still on the board. No flashy names here. But uh, Kamar Aiken is still available. He ended up, after a long string of injuries, being the number one wide receiver for the Ravens last year. Um, I could see him. I was actually thinking Cleveland or Cincinnati would be a very interesting team for him to sign with, um, opposed to AJ Green. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I I would like him in Cincinnati. I think they definitely need someone, and I think they're either going to look in this direction with one of either Kamar Aiken or the next person we're going to mention, or they're going to look to the draft. So I think that's definitely possible, and I, I would like it. It seems pretty likely that the Ravens aren't going to seek him out um, any longer. They seem to be looking at lots of other wide receiver prospects, um, and they and plus they have... Um, oh, no. Steve Smith? No, no, they're, they're rookie. Oh, yeah, I don't like him. Um, don't remember his name. But uh, Brashad Perryman, Brashad Perryman, Perryman with the with the half bald head rookie. Um, yes. So they they have him as well, who could uh, who looks to take over their wide receiver. So it doesn't seem likely to me that he comes back to the Ravens. But yeah, I do like the Cincinnati landing spot. And Cincinnati is always looking to to stick it to Baltimore when they can. True. Um, true. The the last notable wide receiver I'm seeing here on the list is uh, Anquan Bolden. He's about 475 years old, but he just keeps producing. He's done it from the day he walked into the league, and I could see him signing with a team, being a third wide receiver, and having another productive season, maybe in the Steve Smith mold of yeah. last year. Ultra consistent, tough guy, old, so he doesn't have the speed he used to have. But he—he, he, I don't think he'll be a fantasy-relevant wide receiver anywhere, but he could be an NFL-relevant wide receiver in some places. And also, before we end, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Patriots once in this podcast. No, I was, so I I was would, trying to avoid the Patriots. Yeah. So I would like well, to you want to talk a little couple Chris Hogan signings. Okay, we we're, we're going to talk a little Chris Hogan talk. Wide about. receiver Chris Hogan has come, yeah, to, the, yeah, has come yeah. to the Patriots from the Bills. Interdivision. fight. Um, also, we've let we've let one of my least favorite players in the NFL go, Brandon LaFell. And another oh, notable notable for both of our teams, actually, we we let Akeem Hicks go, and the Bears picked up Akeem Hicks. Interesting note Love about Akeem Hicks. Love the sight. Alma mater of of mine and mine and Brad's uh, high school. Love, love the signing. Bear, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I've loved what the Bears have done on the defensive side of the ball. But we won't. It's not fantasy relevant, so we won't bore you guys with it. But the Bears' defense is, is looking up. Uh, but of course, we had to get a little uh, little Bears talk in, or a little Patriots talk in there. I thought you were going to talk about letting uh, uh, Legarrette Blunt go. 
I, I, he is one of my least favorite, but he's he's still my comeback. So I'm not going to say oh, anything. Okay. Someone else signs him. So okay, someone else signs him. I'm not going to say anything. You can't say to... your hatred for him in case he's a, a patriot next year and you yes. have to root for him. I understand now. You don't want that uh, out there in the world, everyone knowing how much you hate one of your own patriots. Yeah, um, very. Well, I think that's a pretty good uh, once-over of the free agent moves so far. I'm sure we'll have some more to go. Probably do another pod here in a couple weeks, talk some draft, uh, talk the rest of these free agent signings as they come about. Um, But I I think that gives everyone a pretty good idea of what's happened so far and how that affects your fantasy teams moving forward. Um, anything else you got to add to that, Brett? Yeah, before we go, I wanted to know what was your favorite free agent signing of the, uh, so far in the NFL? Um, it, it has to be that Lamar Miller uh, signing in Houston. All the weapons they have there, uh, having a real quarterback now, the fact that I think uh, Bill O'Brien's going to give him the carries that he's deserved for a long time. Uh, there, there's no way uh, Lamar Miller can't be my favorite signing so far this year. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Demarco Murray right in that running back vein. Uh, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be wildly undervalued this year just because of how many players he burned, how many fantasy players he burned last year um, with his high draft pick and low production. I think he's gonna be a real value in Tennessee. They're gonna let him do what he likes to do, and I think he could really succeed. So that'd be my favorite of the free agent moves so far. I guess that wasn't a signing, but it was a move. Yes, yes, works for me. I'll, I'll let it pass. I'll let this one slide. Uh, so you guys, I'll circle them, move them up your draft boards. If we like them, they must be great, right? Because everything we say is gold. Uh, so be sure to send us uh, uh, some questions. You can uh, find us on Twitter at the FS Playbook. Uh, you can send us an email at thefantasyplaybook at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, any questions you might have about uh, the draft coming up, free agency, ranks, any of those kind of things, we'd love to hear and talk about on future shows. I'm sure we'll, we'll loop Isaiah back in next time around when he's not too busy uh, for us. So uh, for the free agent pod, that's what you got. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day and peace out.